Welcome to Storytime with T. L. Rutledge. This is your narrator speaking. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Chapter One: The Huntress, seventeen fifty-four, Pennsylvania. The forest was quiet and peaceful. Sunbeams reached down through the canopy of dappled shade. A young woman ran silently amongst the trees. Her skin was tanned by the sun, and her hair was dark and long, tied into two simple braids at her chest. Teal blue war paint had been streaked under her amber-colored eyes, and she wore feathers in her hair in shades that matched the paint upon her face. Her dress was made from animal skin, sleeveless, and made in a shade of brown so pale it was almost white. Her garment was complemented by leather archery bracers around her wrists and brown moccasins upon her feet. She moved through the forest swiftly and carried a longbow in her left hand, a quiver of arrows upon her back, and a Cherokee tomahawk tied to, the, tied to her hip by a teal-colored sash. In contrast with her striking beauty, she wore a stern look upon her face. It was almost a warning, one that clearly stated no one should take advantage of nor pity her. She was a warrior, and though, she, and though she bore much resemblance to the Cherokee tribe, one would be mistaken to assume she was a Cherokee herself. Her parents had named her Miranda, an American native, born amongst the Cherokee tribes, though her parents were English and Greek, the daughter of the archangel warrior Marcus and his wife Selene. Miranda had taken after both of her parents in many ways, she inherited her father's stubbornness and her mother's independence. In both cases, she was much like her brother Hannibal. They both sought adventure. As she climbed the nearby tree gracefully and ran along the branches, a technique she had learned from her Aunt Sinead, she spotted a French-Canadian scouting party ahead. She stopped and took shelter up in the tree and watched them carefully. Growing up with the Cherokee, Miranda, had, Miranda took a keen interest in hunting and scouting, and she learned how to notice the smallest details, hear the quietest sounds, and smell the most distant scents. As she hit atop the tree, she could hear someone else walking in the woods. As her eyes scanned the forest, she spotted another company of men. These men marched under the British Virginia militia. They were hidden behind rocks and trees as the French Canadians approached. There were, about, there were about 35 Frenchmen in all, marching toward the ambush that was preparing to spring upon them. Miranda couldn't count the number of militia, but she noticed they had Iroquois amongst their ranks. As she watched the Frenchmen approach, she anticipated the outcome of the skirmish. When the French had reached a central point within the ambush, the Virginians burst forth from their cover and opened fire upon the unsuspecting scouting party, killing and wounding many upon their first shot. As the Frenchmen prepared to fire back, and while the militia reloaded their muskets, the Iroquois charged them, some wielding tomahawks while others releasing their arrows. More were killed, but in the midst of the chaos and smoke, Miranda watched as another native, who didn't appear to be Iroquois at all, but rather from the northern regions of the colonies, hacked his way through what was left of the ranks, reached the French commander, and split open the man's skull with his tomahawk. Miranda wasn't shocked by such a gruesome sight. 
She had seen much worse from the other tribal wars she had witnessed throughout her life. In a way, she understood why the British called the natives savages, but the British didn't know the native tribes like she did. The British hadn't felt their pain and had seen their tears. The natives were skilled hunters who depended on the land. They were like one with the animals they hunted. Because of this, they respected their source of their livelihood and never abused it. Her parents had always told her about their old home in Europe and how things were more civilized there, but the rules of the land were different in the Americas. For Miranda, this was the only home she knew. These people were her family and her countrymen. When the smoke had cleared, she watched the young commander with high stature from the British Virginia militia approach the fallen French commander. Miranda listened as he demanded to know how the commander had died. The native warrior replied that he had been struck with a bullet to the head. Miranda saw the young commander didn't believe the story, but didn't argue it either. Only, 20 win only 21 Frenchmen remained, whom the British had taken since hostage. They hastily buried the 14 they had killed in an unmarked grave and took their own single fallen soldier along with them. Miranda waited until they were completely out of her sight before she leapt down from the branches. Like the majority of her family, Miranda was an immortal. She was born after her parents had moved from San Salvador and reached Florida. From an early age, she was faced with the fact that mythology existed in the world. Florida was the home to a beautiful creature called mermaids. They were sentient creatures who had the upper body of a woman and the lower body of a fish. Their scales were often quite beautiful. Some had different shades of green, while others were violet. Though her father had always taught her that she could trust them after some understanding he and the mermaids had agreed to, her aunt had always warned her otherwise. Though Miranda wasn't a follower, she knew how to think for herself. The mermaids never harmed any of them while they were in Florida, though she had heard tales of them drowning explorers and soldiers who had fallen for their charms and beauty. Her father reassured her that that was how they survived, how they fed. Since learning about their true nature, for a while Miranda stayed clear of them. This lasted only until her curiosity had gotten the best of her, and she wanted to know more about them. After all, they were all creatures of femininity. No reason they shouldn't understand each other. Soon, Miranda gained a friend, a mermaid named Ariel. She was kind and gentle, as they all were to her, but Ariel seemed different. Perhaps it was the fact that she was young, like her. Either way, Miranda couldn't see how she could become a killer like the others. But as an animal follows its instincts, a mermaid must do the same. Even after witnessing Ariel's first kill at such a young age, Miranda still didn't fear her. She knew that was what she needed to do to survive and didn't hate her for it. Unfortunately, her family was soon on the move again and left Florida. Miranda hadn't seen Ariel since. Miranda and her family moved up along the coast and settled in Pennsylvania for a few decades. They lived with several Cherokee tribes, moving every few years each time in order to keep up the suspicions of their never-ending youth at bay. Miranda and her parents didn't live alone with them, however. Her aunt Sinead, Uncle Alexander, and cousin Leah lived amongst them as well. Miranda didn't mind this so much. She liked being around her relatives. What she didn't like 
was what they would when they would bring up things of the past around her and hush themselves whenever she came near them. She had hoped her cousin would have confided in her to tell her what she wasn't allowed to hear, but her lips were sealed as well. Miranda didn't know what the sec what secrets of her family's past were, but she intended to find out. She wasn't a child. They could trust her. She wasn't about to start having nightmares or about to run away. Though up to this point, she had never begged or pleaded with her family to tell her the truth. But after another hushed conversation quickly ceased, Miranda had enough of it. That was why she was there in the forest, scouting. She had gotten lucky on this day. This time, she had potentially valuable information. She would tell it, but for a price. No more secrets. Thank you for listening to the first chapter of Freedom. The next chapter, Chapter 2, Trading Secrets, will air next week.